Hello, fellow caviar connoisseurs. I know you're excited to talk sports today, so without further ado, welcome to Sports Caviar with Hall, Burn, and Bijan. Welcome to Sports Caviar with Hav, Burn, and Bijan. We have some exciting news this week. Lots of stuff to talk about. But first, our man Burn got to travel to the big house for the first time in his entire life. And Burn, tell us about it. I, I did. Felt like a kid in a candy store, I'll be honest. Such an amazing experience. Got to go up there with my older brother and nephew. And again, first time for both, for all of us and outstanding. Uh, it's hard to put in words. Uh, such an amazing stadium. You know, my nephew and my brother, they, they actually got on a tour. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make that, but uh, they were able to tour the stadium. They were get on the field. My nephew caught a touchdown pass, and he said it was the best thing he's ever done as far as that goes. So see the excitement in, in, in his eyes and, you know, again, to share it with them. And, of course, you know, Michigan coming out with a win always helps. I will also say there is some breaking news. So it's, I went with a buddy of mine has family up there, and his aunt is... Old school, very, it's all about hospitality. She cooked every meal for us, mm-hmm. gave us a place to stay. Yeah, I'm telling you, and I would be up like 400 pounds if I lived there <laughs> full time. It was five course meals. Make sure you have appetizers. You have to have a dessert, bottles of wine. But another thing on my bucket list is to go to the game, the Ohio mm-hmm. State Michigan game at the big house. And they are not using their tickets. And she has offered to myself. Yes, yes. Breaking news that Byrne and family will be heading up to the Michigan-Ohio State game in November for face value ticket price. Wow. They are undefeated. They are undefeated with Byrne in the big house. And your nephew matched Rutgers scoring output by himself. Yeah, he did. He did. uh, I I would say that the Rutgers 69-yard pass was probably not where he was, but still it it was impressive nonetheless. So amazing time. Wow, that that I would love to go to the big house. I kind of a lot of people what they do is they do those baseball stadium tours where they travel around the country and try to do the bucket list like that. I think that it would be fun to do a college football one. Yes. Oh, yes. No, As someone that does that every year with his buddies. We should institute that and invite our listeners from Sports Caviar. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that we do our episodes from there. Pick a location. We're on the south end there. What what kind of food do you, do you guys eat in Michigan over there? It's, I will tell you they they are they do have a Michigan style pizza that I would say is similar to the Chicago style where they put some sauce on top. Sauce is on the top, right? Yeah, but it, it's not as heavy as the Chicago style. It's still deep dish. Really, cr- the crust is so crispy and. We went to a place called Buddies. We're not sponsored by them, but I'm going to go ahead and plug it. I will say <laughs> some of the best pizza I've had. Uh, so we did that, and we went to another place, Maze in the Blue Deli, and mm-hmm. had an absolutely stud of a sandwich. So I ate like a king, and I, I can't wait to do it again with because it was 109,000 people at that stadium, mm-hmm. and they fill up no matter who they play. And so I'm I can't be more excited for. November. A big game. A little Caesars is headquartered there, and I think they've got the Detroit style pizza they have out there. They actually do. You are correct. Dijon yeah. knows his stuff. 
I did. I went to Blumpy Burger there. I went in the off season. I saw the big house, not full of 109,000, but empty. But I got over to Crazy Jim's Blumpy Burger. Tremendous burger right off campus there. Very good. Oh, yes. I've heard of it. Haven't been, but I'll try that for the next one. Hey, so like on a little bit of a funny note here, uh, I was I had to meet up with Bernie the other day to pick up some stuff uh, that not to be mentioned here on the podcast. And I'm like, Bernie, hey, let's meet over here by the Chick-fil-A. So I'm, we get to the parking lot and I'm driving around and I get to the parking lot and I'm like, I don't know what Bernie drives. And he calls me up. He's like, I'm looking at you. How come you're not driving towards me? I'm like, I don't know what you drive. Does that make <laughs> bad friend? It does. I really thought we made eye contact, but we did not. Is and, it a Ford? You are from yeah. Michigan. You're a rep in Michigan. It, 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 it actually is a Ford. Of but course. Because I, you know, based on the prior episode, I believe Javi thinks I drive a Toyota Tercel. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, when I hit my dog. They wouldn't let you in the state of Michigan with a Toyota Tercel. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're <laughs> it was good. I thought that was funny. But let's go ahead and get started here with some college football. There was uh, obviously a lot of action here this past weekend. Lots of ranked versus ranked teams, and there was a little bit of movement in the AP. So we're going to go through and talk about where we're at in the top 10 and, and talk about some things that are going on in the world of college football. And so we can start with Georgia. They, at, at this point, I, I'm assuming they're going to automatically get into the playoffs. I was looking at their schedule, and I don't even know if it matters how bad they beat people at this point. I, I think that as long as they go undefeated, they're going to they're gonna stay number one. It, it, what, what do you think, Bajan? First of all, great to be here on the program for the full length, so I'm honored to thank you both for having yeah. me. I, I feel like Trent Prim from Ted Lasso. I've made it. Now I'm a regular. Great. Or more probably more like Steve Urkel. Family had <laughs> matters. I finally made it, but or some strange combination. But it was really the coolest boat for that. It's yeah. <laughs> that sort of mashup. Speaking of mashups, Yuga's schedule, this is a fluffer nutter schedule. This is soft. It's, I don't see any challenge. They've got Florida and Jacksonville. That might be entertaining for a portion of the game. They do go to Tennessee the week before Thanksgiving. I'm with you, Hav. I think unless they royally trip up, that their ticket is punched. Difficult for them not to be at least in the top four. They have not been impressive, though. 88th in points offensively. And you would think they're more than they're only 66th in the nation in rushing yards. Not a great team, but probably good enough given the schedule. Yeah, I agree. I, I, at the end of the day, Georgia has their spot. They're going to be in the top four, at least in the SEC championship, most likely against LSU or Alabama. And I, I don't see them not. But it's, is it the SEC bias? Maybe. But with what they have in front of them, you might as well go ahead and if you're a, if you're a Bulldog fan, I'd look in the tickets. Yeah, they're, it, it's all, it's very ho-hum. It, it, I, I was like, they're going to go undefeated. There's not one team on their schedule. If you want to mention Tennessee, I don't even know why you would mention Tennessee. They're going to they're gonna steamroll Tennessee. I'm reaching right now. They're going to Auburn this week. Auburn had 56, 56 passing yards the whole game. Yeah. I, I, I think it's almost going to be a situation where they go week to week and they're, they're probably not going to have, they're going to have to look for inspiration. I think that Kirby mm -hmm. Smart, this is going to be a little bit of a challenging season for him as a coach, because how do you keep these guys motivated when they're going to play Missouri? I, I, I get that Missouri's ranked or whatever for the time being, but the, the Missouri has no chance against Georgia. <laughs> Can you, the only motivation you have is 
let's go for three straight. Yeah, I think they'll be That's motivated it. when the playoffs come. I yeah. don't get me wrong, but I'm not I think they get the trouble season. there. Yeah, I think it's gonna might be hard. I think you bring a great point, Hob. It might be hard to flip this the switch on when you're sleepwalking all the way to the playoff. And then maybe the SEC championship they get a little bit of a challenge. So we can go to number two here, and and this one is gonna really ruffle the feathers uh, of Bernie R. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna throw this out there. Okay, because this is ridiculous to me. The four wins that Michigan has right now is against ECU, Bowling Green, UNLV, and Rutgers. And no, we are not talking about basketball. Okay. (laughs) So the fact that they are still number two in the AP poll after that, what we're talking about Georgia's schedule, what is Schedule for Michigan. Okay, but okay, okay, okay. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. But, Burn, you were there. You've watched them play live. What is your sense of the team? Do you feel like they're the number two team in the nation? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I know I knew you were going to go there. And the fact that you can sit there and blame a, a cush schedule to call them overrated, they've still dominated. They have yet to give, they've yet to give over 10 points in a game. So their defense is stout. Take away the 69-yard pass, like broken coverage slash bad angle from the safety against Rutgers, and then that game's over. They dominate. They can control the clock. So, yes, they deserve to be second because they haven't done anything to say that they shouldn't be. And you, you, and you can pick every team in that top 10 and, and call something out that says, why are they ranked mm-hmm. where they are? To me, I'm I'm perfectly fine with them being number two. I will tell you that, do I think they're the top team in the – Big Ten, based off what I've seen, I would probably say no. But we, we'll get to yeah. the team that I think. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, based off the schedule is the schedule. They have teams coming up. At the end of the day, they have one of the easier schedules in the, the same as Georgia, really. Yeah. But well, yeah, it's tougher. They finished two of their last three, Penn State, yeah. Ohio State, yeah. two it's of their no- last three, right? Look, yeah. November 11th, November 25th, those are the games. Get at Penn State, at home against Ohio State. You got Maryland in between, which could also be a scare, but they deserve to be where they are and they will continue to dominate and they'll, it'll be a, and we'll see on November 11th. Yeah. We know that we're living in a very odd world when you want to consider Maryland a tough game. So uh, <laughs> it's the, a trap the, game. Bijan, what do you think about Michigan so far? I don't think that they've been impressive. Bernie's talking about how they've been dominating in their wins here, but I don't think that they, it, when you look at it, yes, they're winning, but it's not like they're winning 70 to 2. That's their style. They are like a boa constrictor. They dictate the pace. They don't make mistakes. Rutgers is, that is, they are, that's a lead Zeppelin. It's a lead balloon. It's a team of sadness coming out there. Do they I still mean, have uh, Gianni? I, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, Gianni, yeah. Rutgers has Gianni. <laughs> look, know that Michigan has outscored their opponents 127 to 23. Yeah. It's going to come down the last two. Those last two out of three weeks, and I'm excited for that because I don't want to tip anything away, but I there are two really other good teams. It's a, it's a three-team race, three-pony three, three pony race in that conference. Yeah, it, it is. And then, okay, so number three, we have Texas, and my sentiment on them is great win against Alabama, but as the season progresses here, we're wondering where Alabama really stands overall in the college football playoff world the win was a great win yes anytime you beat Nick Saban 
but I, I feel like Texas, it, when you look at their schedule, it's the same thing. They're, they don't have anybody after that. But I'm thinking that these voters are going to be like, oh, you beat Alabama, so you're going to be, you don't, you're never going to drop in the polls. Now, listen, listen to they do have the Red River shootout coming in on this Oklahoma, very good football team. So that they, will be yeah. very good. And I think we, yeah, that, that will be a great game. Yeah, they have the Red River shootout, although they call it something else now, don't they? I think it's the Red River Showdown. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. You're saying shootout. That is a showdown. <laughs> Please holster your weapons. Yeah, they, they, they changed the name for PC purposes. But Bernie, what do you think about the fact that Texas was tied with Wyoming in the fourth quarter this past week? And that's what I'm saying is that I think you can pick every team about in the top 10 and find a hiccup. But being tied with my Wyoming at half is concerning. Yes, Wyoming much better than people think. Great defense. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I, I still think, I don't think Texas is, you know, a college football playoff contender. Like you said, they still have Oklahoma. They do have Kansas this, you know, this weekend. Not a pushover. I, I think they slip up. Charlie um, Weiss? I do think they slip up and get a loss that, that keeps them out of the playoffs. Okay, so my thing is that if they lose to Oklahoma, then they're still going to be in the top 10 and, and they, they'll still have a chance to, to make their way back into the playoff um, picture. But whether or not they do, I, I don't know. But I, 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 Oklahoma is going to be a big game and, and we haven't really seen a lot of Oklahoma yet to, to know where they're going to stand as well. But I thought that it was funny that the voters decided that Texas being in the tied with Wyoming in the fourth quarter was fine enough to keep them at number three. And we moved to Florida state at number four who beats Clemson at Clemson was, by the way, Clemson has only had two losses in the past, like freaking 70 years at home. And we, and Florida state wins that game and they jump in the poll. So it's okay. So Texas can be tied with Wyoming, but we're going to keep you at number three. And Florida State, oh, yeah, 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 you you can be tied. You can go to overtime with Clemson. We got to drop you for that one. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's absurd. I, I agree, and I'm not I mean, far from a, a Florida State backer or supporter, but I don't see the logic in that. A hard-fought win. Uh, clearly got some assistance with a really un, unexplicable missed field goal, but you took advantage of that great corner route, tremendous catch to win it, and you kept yourself defensive touchdown to get there. So I don't understand you guys dropping. Very solid win um, in Clemson. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, look, two and a half point favorites. We win by six. Covered. <laughs> we co- we not only do we cover, but we win. I get it's overtime, but it's still Clemson on the road, and that roster is talented. I mean, they the amount of five-star re- recruits on there is insane. It's right up there with anybody. I think we did exactly what we were supposed to do. And honestly, they listened to me because I said my keys were stop the run, win the turnover battle, make Klubnik beat us. Coach Man. Yes, and they did each one of those. Did they start fast? No. But at the end of the day, that tur- that turnover, and by, oh my gosh, the loach. Woo! Right. fantastic. But I don't understand how you drop after doing what you did to LSU and Clemson. And yeah. you drop a, at the end of the day, went out and everything else will fall into place. But I think that's disappointing that they felt like after Boston College and then what we, and then we go to Clemson and, and go into overtime 
that they decided to, to drop us a spot. Now, now again, uh, we have mentioned this uh, in uh, previous episodes. That this is not the playoff ranking poll, so it it really so it matters only to a certain extent. Like, how much weight do the people that are voting on the college football rankings committee? How much weight do they give to the AP and the coaches poll? Is my question. Like, I would can we get somebody on next week from the playoff committee? Because we'll work on that. Yep. I'm okay. checking my contact list right now. Because, because I really want to know, do they even look at the AP poll, you think? I, I think it plays a factor, but again, even when those things come out, where do you think we'll be? We're, we're going to be top six. And as we continue to win, we still have, what do we have? Three currently ranked opponents remaining. We do what we're supposed to do. Everything's going to fall into place. Yeah, but that you could say that for any team. If and there's a lot of undefeated no, teams, but you, but yeah, a lot of the, the teams ahead of us or and, and behind us are going to be playing each other. That's right. And, and that it'll thanks, all... ACC. You don't have to see worry about any of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the SEC is going to play the SEC. The Big Ten, obviously, you have three teams in the top six. That's going to clean up soon. Yeah. Um, the, so. Yeah, yes, I get the whole theory of, yeah, go ahead and go undefeated, you'll be fine, but I don't You're fine. salty. You're salty. No, I don't like how, I, I want it to make sense. I, I want it to make sense because if you're going off of how the teams are, the, the schedule that they've played, and you get some equity there because what happens is if, let's say the voters were voting based on where FSU should be based on the teams that they played thus far compared to where the other teams have strength of schedule and all that stuff. Let's say Florida State was number one in the country. I'm not saying they're supposed to be, but let's say they are. You can afford a hiccup now and still be right on the precipice of the playoff right there. So if you're number one, you have a scary, let's say you lose the last second field goal to Florida on the last game of the season. Oh, okay. Now we're talking that Right? Why would you so, say that? No, I'm saying, for example, because of the timing of that game, it's at the end of the season. If that happened, you're number one. I, I don't know. You might drop to five or four. Who knows? You, you're, you might still be in the playoffs. But if you're number four and you lose that game, you're out. Yeah, it's a valid point. You want it to make sense. It's a fair request. I hear you. Yeah. But it's the NCAA, and it doesn't make sense. That's the beauty okay. of it. All right, so then we go to Penn State, which uh, I'm assuming, Bernie, are you rooting for Penn State to win so that when you play them, it makes your schedule look better, or what? Does it? You don't care what Penn State does. I right now, and when it comes to the best team in the Big Ten on on paper, how they look, what they've put on the field, I think Penn State is the best team in the Big Ten. Agreed. Agreed. Ever for you to say that, but no, for me. I, Penn State plays Ohio State, I think, October 21st. So that'll be a, the real first test. See how Ohio State does against Penn State. It's on the road. But, and then, you know, they have Michigan, which is going to be tough because Michigan's going to Penn State. And Happy Valley, that's gonna, I'm, I'm a little, little worried, but I'm not. I mean, I think it, Michigan wins out. They, it's the same thing with Florida State. Michigan wins out, they're good. Florida State wins out, they're good. So let's let things happen. Let it all, everything fall into place. But Penn State looks solid. And Penn State, best team in the Big Ten, I agree. Their defense yeah. is top five in first down. Passing yards per play. 
and turnovers. And they're sixth out of the top five in third down conversions. And they run the ball very well to control that clock. Fifth in first downs on offense and 19 top 20 in rushing yards. I always want to say Kirk Franklin. If you want to hear some good, good gospel, go there. But James Franklin, <laughs> tremendous job. With are they thing. brothers? That's the, are, they must be related. Maybe he does their pregame. It's like the opposite of Dion's locker room. It's, it's, it's Kirk Franklin with some gospel. <laughs> Get the Lions going. What's the over-under on whether or not Bernie knows who Kirk Franklin is? I imagine. Get him. I, I would imagine you can. I don't know who he is. I don't know. <laughs> It's good stuff, Bird. We got to get you in. Start your morning with the Kirk Franklin. I apparently am not cultured enough. Yeah, we're going to have to send, we'll send you some songs. Send a mixtape over. (laughs) Do we do that anymore? I know Taylor Swift. There you go. Yeah, that that is the the complete opposite of Kirk Franklin, probably. (laughs) Okay, so Ohio State, John, what are your thoughts on the Ohio State victory at Notre Dame? Great game. The line was set properly. You feel for Notre Dame because I feel like they lost it more than Ohio State won it. Give both defenses credit. You need to play with, you're allowed to play with 11 players. You should play with 11 players on most downs. It, the, the defensive tackle is where, right where they ran the ball. So give Ohio State credit for running the ball with two seconds or three seconds left. That took guts. Really tremendous. I think this is what we envisioned for the playoffs. This was a great game, not a beautiful game, but a competitive close game. Watched it in 4K, which is even more stunning. I love the green uniforms. I'm ready for the playoff now. That was a tremendous football game. Uh, Yeah, it's a great game if you want to say that, hey, look, it came down to the finish. and But it was boring. A couple plays here and there throughout the game. Boring until the fourth quarter. But I love that you guys sit there and said that Hobby sits there and says that Michigan's overrated. But it's a good Notre Dame team. It's a good Ohio State team. But neither of them look great. And... I love that Bajon brought up that play with 11 players. And they interviewed Freeman, and he's sitting there saying that, well, he didn't want to, he didn't have any timeouts. I'm like, take the penalty. It doesn't matter. You <laughs> run on the field. You'll be the 11th. And get the yeah, back. it doesn't matter. <laughs> take the penalty. Hey, find a way to get a penalty so that you can have one more play and then stop, at least have 11 players on the damn field. Time for a cramp. I, I yeah. can feel a cramp coming up. It makes no sense. But again, great win for Ohio State. That sets them up for the rest of the season. They still got to play Penn State. They still got to play Michigan. So, yeah. so there, there was a little bit of a clock mismanagement uh, there for, by Notre Dame. At, in, the, in the last two minutes of the game, they had the ball. And Notre Dame had all the momentum in the second half. I, I thought they were, it, to me, it looked like they had full control of that game. I thought they were going to win the game. Yeah. And I think uh, there was a, Ohio State was able to blow up a play. I think it was first or second down. They caused like a six-yard loss. And that dulled the drive and allowed Ohio State to get the ball back. But I didn't think Ohio State looked good. So my whole point is that I hate that Ohio State jumped Florida State from that game. I'm like, okay, the, the oh, you beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I get it. Great win. But also a great win for Florida State. And we also beat LSU already as it stands. So I did not understand how Ohio State leapfrogged. Florida State in that game. Yes, they won by the hair on their chinny chin. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay salty, my friend. Stay salty. No, I agree. I, I, okay. Yeah. So it then, makes no sense. They jumped three spots. That win. Then and the big picture here is you got the mini gauntlet. You got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. All three of those teams play each other. And whoever ends up coming out of that little gauntlet there is going to end up 
representing the Big Ten in the in the playoff more than likely. Are all three teams on the same division on the same side of the Big Ten? Oh, you would ask that question. Believe so. So I think they are all on the same side. So who would represent the Big Ten from the other side? Don't even worry about it. (laughs) Thanks for coming out. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe a turtle from Maryland. I have no idea. That's bad. That is bad for the Big Ten right there. Obviously, they're getting USC and... Yeah. You're looking at Wisconsin, Iowa, mm-hmm. probably one of those two. Iowa got shut out. That's, yeah, that's going to happen frequently. Don't don't be surprised. <laughs> and it's not... And, and, and for instance, Sun is not going to have a job since he has to average 25 points I don't know what's North- happening in the West. Oh my God, it's a sad division. Oh, Northwestern is second right now. Oh, that, that, that so yeah. So basically, the Big Ten championship is going to come probably down to the Ohio State Michigan game. Should they relegate someone out of the West Division? I don't. Maybe they should do that, like soccer. And then, so the last four teams in the AP top ten is all Pac-12 teams. I, I, so there's Washington has looked fantastic so far. They did have a fantastic win against the LA Sparks last weekend. Panic, Panic is dominating everybody. He played. They haven't played anybody. They don't play anybody until another couple weeks when they do have a showdown with Oregon. And then, so then you have your gauntlet there. You got Washington, USD. Oregon, and then if you want to throw Utah in there, you have they to. Are, they are a top ten team, but and they haven't had their quarterback. So they're yeah. Washington they're the, is it's a video game team. Michael Penix can spin the pig. That is like watching a pig roast. He sixteen hundred yards he's thrown for in four games. It's, it's averaging four hundred yards a game. Sixteen tutties already. Four touchdowns a game. They do have a Mount Rainier-sized schedule at the end of the season. They go Oregon, USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State to end the year. That is a Mount Rainier-sized hurdle. Their defense has been serviceable, but I don't know if they can keep this up. They'll trip over one of those. Anything stood out to you this weekend in the Pac-12 world, Vern? Yeah, yeah. They look. They have. There's nine teams in the Pac-12 that are three and one or better. And six teams in the top 20. They've been the most impressive conference when you actually look mm-hmm. at it in that fashion. Washington, Oregon in, on, on October 14th, like that's a game, like I am super stoked. Oh, yeah. So to, to watch, that's going to be shots fired. It's going to be great. Yeah, lots of points. So be ready. But like Bajan said, Penix Jr., look, that's Heisman right there, right now. He leads the NCAA in passing. It's it's 75% completion rate as well. Oh, yeah. Ball never hits the turf. Super fun team to watch. Back back 12 going out with a bang before it's the pack two. Oh, Oh, yeah. Tupac. I don't know what we're going to call him. But I would say what stood out is is what Oregon did to Colorado. I mean, (laughs) look, I'm a believer that Coach Prime is changing Colorado. He's doing well. He's got it. He's got players that are believing in him and and they're going to play. Like, they're going to be okay. But... They're not on the same level of these teams that that he thinks they are. And I think Oregon literally shut them up very quickly. That was an absolute embarrassment. Spank. Yeah, Yeah, I think the exciting part about the Pac-12 season so far is that their gauntlet has yet to occur as well, but there's more teams involved in it. Yeah. there's going to be some mayhem there. They're going to devour each other and somebody will end up out of there. I don't I, I guess I would probably go with Oregon. Oregon's been looking really good right now. 
But so to put a ribbon on this right here, if you want to look at what the top 10 should be based on strength of record, which I, and by the way, these, these I'm going to rattle off the next, the top 10 teams based off strength of record. All of these teams are undefeated. So everybody that's listening can be in agreement with me here. So it's not like they're three and one or whatever the case may be. So Texas would be number one, Florida State, Ohio State, North Carolina, Washington State, Oklahoma, Utah, Missouri, Miami, Penn State. That would be the top 10 based on strength of record, all undefeated teams. A lot of those teams we haven't even talked about yet. The Cougars, baby, they did it for me. My only correct pick. And we won't talk about them moving forward. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you got a big game this week against the Utes. I think we're going to touch lightly on it. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true at all. I think that, I think team, obviously Miami, we could not really care less about. But if you're a Miami fan, you're like, mm -hmm. okay, we should be in the top 10, baby. What's going on? You, the you, the you is going to speak out on that one. Have any thoughts on the 70 to 20 victory by the Dolphins? I, I did have the minus six. <laughs> I thought that was a decent pick. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's it was just crazy. They scored again. No, Scott Hansen is still announcing. He's still on red zone. They scored again. It's just that. 726 total yards for the Dolphins. Ooh. They put on a clinic. And That's an understatement. If I'm Sean Payton, I would literally retire and go back to the booth ASAP. I, I would have left at halftime. Yeah. That's the Maybe most points quarter. since 1966. Wow. Yeah, they, they, they almost had the record, right? The record was 73. Yes, and Mike McDaniel, you got to love the guy. He just said, he's that's not why we played the game. So we just, we came here to win and we were going to win. So there's no point of, we weren't going for records. Philly looks absolutely fantastic. Denver is a lost franchise Ooh. right now. How about that no look shovel pass by Tua? Sick. Yeah. Lo love to see him healthy and playing, having fun out yeah. there. That is yeah. super fun. I just think of Clayton and Duper. The Dolphins are fun. Yeah, they did they it are. without Waddle. They scored 70 points without Jalen Waddle. Yeah, they did. I, they that did. rookie running back, holy cow. Out of Texas A&M, 200-plus yards rushing. Mm -hmm. I think between him and Mostert, it was like six or seven touchdowns. I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but there was, I, I was talking about the Miami Hurricanes and I transitioned to the Miami Dolphins. Did you notice how that happened? South Florida <laughs> loves you right now. Huh? You like that? You are... You are very good at your job. Coming into your own. That's pro. All right. So there was three upsets, and some of them upset my pocketbook. Ooh. We had Indy beating Baltimore with Gardner Minshew. Mustache uh, Minshew. We talked about how good their quarterback locker room structure was last week, and he delivered as did that defense. Yeah, and Baltimore does. They, they're, they've been bitten by the injury bugs. I, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but give the Colts credit though. They held them to 360 total yards and 300 of those came from Lamar Jackson. They isolated him, took away what weapons were remaining and even got a missed field goal from Justin Tucker. You got to get that if you're going to beat the Ravens. Yeah. Ooh. And that's what I was going to say. The fun fact is that, uh, the Colts kicker actually outplayed Justin Tucker. You don't hear that much. He had Matt four, Gay. Yeah. He Five. had four field goals, four field goals, over 50 yards. Vinatieri. NFL yeah. record. Nicely done, Burn. Rocket book.
Yes, Adam. Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> then okay, Arizona beats Dallas. What? Wow. What? 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 <laughs> Desert storm. Desert ambush. No one saw that coming. Cowboys that we were just talking about. Their elite defense gave up seven and a half yards a play. To the Josh Dobbs-led Cardinals, this is going to happen with a 17-game schedule, but rarely do you see it to this extent. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, that was the upset of the week. Yeah, the Cowboys' defense looked ordinary. Apparently, they need to uh, stick to playing Jersey teams. <laughs> yeah, they they could be in some trouble after that loss. That you got to do some soul searching for that one. And then Houston taking down Jacksonville. I, what is going on there? That that was just disappointing. Blocked <laughs> field goals are happening. Texans continue to own the Jags, and they've won five straight in Jacksonville. That is correct. I feel like we missed that in sixteen of nineteen, ten and eleven. So yeah, I got I should I should have looked at that prior. I would have bet differently. But yeah, and they also have Matt, Matt Shaw's been playing well for them. So you <laughs> yeah, uh, David Carr <laughs> was coming in close. <laughs> No, but I'm watching that game. I'm like, surely Jacksonville is going to come from behind and win this game. It's the freaking Texans here. And they, and, and they did start out the second half pretty good, and then it just went right back, skyrocketed back up to 17 points, and then that was it. Jacksonville's in trouble right now. Yeah, they are. I think they're going to get off the schneid across the pond. Atlanta, not great. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, they're in trouble. Give C.J. Stroud, and more importantly, that defense a lot of credit. Yeah. And Nico uh, Collins and Ooh, Nico Monster. And I think that our connoisseurs would have been more appreciative if you would have picked some underdogs from the NFL this week for Bijan rather than college, because that's apparently where all the underdogs ended up winning. So yeah, at least not any of my picks. So that was the pick. <laughs> Sorry, uh, listeners, I'm not perfect. Do do you Wait, guys think that the Chargers beating Minnesota means that Minnesota season's over now? Yes. And if I'm, you look at the history. Yeah, just, go ahead, Burn. No, yeah. All I wanted to say was last year, their lucky year, they were 11-0 in one-score games. This year, 0-3. It, it's the tail of the tape. I think they're, they need to be worried. I think their season's probably in the tank, and they just need to probably look for that rebuild. It's on the brink. This is like that Batman villain, Two-Face, and it keeps coming up tails this time. Only six teams since 1966 have started 0-3 and made the playoffs. They've got to turn around their luck if they want to do that. Yeah, Chargers, when we talked about them, give them credit. Their offense does what they always do. They scored 27 or 28 points in this case. That's their average. And their defense was just enough getting a pick and a fumble, four sacks, just enough to hold the other team at 24, which is all they really need to do with this offense. Chargers back on track, Vikings searching. On the process yeah. of disaster. And, and then we'll go to just the slothful talk about boring games. I don't, the Bucks Eagles was just wow. And so Baker Mayfield throws this, throws a pick in that, in this game. And then Philly just dominating on the, in the run game. It, it, to me, I find that boring because they, they run for four yards and then they run for four yards and then they, Run for a yard and then run for a yard is what they do. <laughs> it's like high school football. Oh, yeah. And, and then they'll throw out, they'll, they'll, they'll hit a one on one mismatch on the outside and then run and then run and then run. And they're just like, 
okay, you got to stop us. You got to stop it somehow. And the Bucks weren't able to figure it out at all. And I don't know what the Bucks were doing on offense. Finally, Mike Evans decides to show up in the fourth quarter when it doesn't matter. That was a tremendous catch, though. Tremendous. He, the guy tabletopped to under him with one hand. He had an opportunity to catch a touchdown earlier in the game. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough that you got finally got the pick. You heard about a pick six. You finally get the pick at the one, and then the pick safety the next play. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were not ready for that game, apparently. And then you had, in the other Monday night game, the Cincinnati bungholes take care of business there with, with Burrow being injured. That's when yeah, guts games are snoozers. Yeah, gutsy performance by Burrow to right the ship, but come on. It was definitely a ho-hum game, very boring. And with Jamar Chase, he said he's, I I don't even know why he's playing, but he's got nuts. Good win for them. Hopefully it helps flip the script and then they can pull something out. But, you know. You got to be worried about the injury situation with Burrow, but that you have to avoid dropping to 0-3. You have to drop. Yes, at all costs. So they were able to do so. Cincinnati's not out of it just yet, especially with Baltimore, the way Baltimore is looking. They're not looking dominant whatsoever. And and then you have Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Just, I, I think Cincinnati still has a chance to win the division, actually, from that one. So, Agreed. In that division, I, I totally agree. Welcome back. We're getting ready to play this game, and you guys know it well. The don't be nasty game. And last week, it was our very own Bijan who ended up being the nastiest based on his record. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna increase the stakes this week. Oh no! And whoever ends up losing this game is going to have to post a 15-second video dancing to a reggae song. We'll have to come up with a reggae song. And we'll post it on social media, and that will be your punishment. Oh, I apologize in advance. Oh, glory. I, I don't like it because, I, I mean, I actually won this week, and there's no punishment for Bijan. I think he needs to pay it for it. It has to be predetermined. So <laughs> he's dancing. Don't, don't with worry. The way I'm going, I'm going to be, yeah. <laughs> also, there was a little bit of a rumor that Bernie likes to wear V-neck. Is that true? I don't like to wear V-necks. I, when I'm dancing with a crew neck, I sometimes get a little too uh, crazy, and my crew necks turn into V-necks. Oh, that's the type of dancer I am. Is that happening in Ann Arbor, Bern? Celebrating? <laughs> Look, when you're celebrating with 109,000 of your closest friends. Yeah. Things happen. Agreed. Agreed. Phoenix are tough. You can get a real deep I can't, V-neck and not mean to. It's tough. I, I'm not tan enough to pull off a V-neck. No glory. Okay, because Kraft, Kraft is the one that told me, by the way. He, he told me that you... Uh, hey, look, your, your, your sources are, are not, not really up to date. He's your really good friend, so... I don't even know who he is. <laughs> now you're lying. Stoning him. The V-neck accusation. He is no longer on my... Top list. All right, Kraft, if you're listening, there you go. Don't invite Bernie to the Christmas party this year. <laughs> you won't be wearing a Christmas V-neck sweater for sure. So that is damn right. Let's get to some pickums. So first game on the docket, number 10 versus number 19, Utah at Oregon State. 
Oregon State minus three. Bijan. I've got to go with the Cougars because they were the only pick I got right last week. Hopefully you took the money line plus three in Pullman. Tough place to play. Utah has a fantastic team. Who are the the Cougars? No, Oregon State. Oh, I thought they were Beavers. No, they beat the Beavers. They beat the Beavers. (laughs) No, the Beavers are favorites. Yeah, Yeah. I'm in the wrong game. Yeah, you are. Wow, that's embarrassing. Okay. Listeners, do not go with Bajan's answer. (laughs) (laughs) I got the wrong thing. (laughs) Plays Boston. No, you just got to play play it as it lies. Hey, Bajan, we're going to go Utah, Oregon State, Beavers. Minus three. I'm going to take the Beavers. They're they're due to bounce back. (laughs) I'm I'm cooked right now. Let me give me a second. Hey, I'm going to send him a reggae song. That's for sure. (laughs) Who you got, Brent? Who you got? So I'll be honest. I like Utah and their D, and I think they're going to slow down, and I'll probably screw this up, but we on Galele. So give me the Utes and the three points. I think Utah not only covers, but wins outright. Is Cam Rising coming back this week? Undetermined yet. We are, reports are still out there. But I bet at the end of the day, what they've done already without him, I think they can win with him or without. I think Oregon State showed enough in the second half, even though they did not come back to beat the the Cougars. The Beavers (laughs) are going to use that momentum. (laughs) The Beavers will use that momentum this week. Was John in the week the job. I, I'm, I'm taking Oregon State at home to cover. Ooh, man. Uh, next game, we got Gators at Kentucky, who the Kentucky's 4 0. We got number 22 versus number 27 for you people who look in the other receiving boat. Bur, uh, Burn, who you got? Bajon's going to hate me on this one. Kentucky not ranked yet. Oh, but favorite at home. Scared me a little bit. Kentucky's won the last two. I say give me the Cats to cover and win their third straight against the Gators. Oh, not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. So I think this is the, these teams are pretty even. Both of them, very good defensive ball clubs. Gators are number five total defense. That young defensive coordinator paying dividends. Kentucky in the top 20. Here's the differentiating stat. Gator is 40th in, in turnovers and offense. They protect the ball. Cats have been sloppy with the ball. A lot of turnovers. They're 94th. And here's the other one that will decide it. Gators rushing defense is 15th in the country. And UK, their rushing offense only 95th. So I think Gators stuffed the run. Mm. They force one or two extra turnovers. This is a tight game. Give me the Gators plus the points. They win it 23-20. I'll never vote, or I'll never pick the, the Gators for anything. I'm going Kentucky on this one, but I also think a little bit has to do with the fact that they had, what was it, like 30 years in a row, Florida won? What was the record on that, Brian? Yeah, it was something absurd to that Yeah. Sense. So I think that they're still upset about that. Even though they've won, they broke, they snapped that streak, but there's still some work to be done there. So I think Kentucky, you got Coach Cal in the house. Maybe, maybe you get Patino back and, and get the, the Wildcats rolling. Next game here, Bijan, 
Number 13 versus number 20, LSU at Ole Miss. Ole Miss didn't look that great last weekend. Ole Miss is getting two and a half at home. Who do you like, Bijan? After last week's debacle and the play calling from Lane Kiffin, two jet sweeps in two critical situations, uninspired play calling when they were down. It was an awful effort in Tuscaloosa in a game they could have came out and showed much better. And I thought LSU showed some grit and a great win, overtime win. I, I like the Bayou Bengals. I will I'll hedge the points, but I really like the over 67. These are two teams that are disinterested in defense as a whole. So extra peck, LSU minus two and a half and the over 67. Ooh. Bonus. We, we finally agree. We finally agree, yeah. Bajon. Yeah, this is a big day. At the end of the day, look, Jaden Daniels is better than Jalen Milrow. Ole Miss couldn't handle that. They're not going to be able to contain Jaden Daniels and, and what that offense brings. LSU's defense is, is better. I, I think LSU covers, wins, and I my guess is probably double-digit win. Yeah, I agree with Byrne. The, the LSU's got to – Ole Miss didn't look good last week whatsoever. So, I think in the first half they hung in there with Alabama, but we saw what Alabama is this year. So, that we don't really know – I think Ole Miss's quarterback is actually a little bit injured right now as well. So I'm going LSU minus two and a half. I think that's an easy pick. You got next game, Notre Dame at Duke. Duke is minus five and a half. Number 11 versus number 17. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. I, I Maybe it's a trap game. But sorry, I, sorry. Notre Dame is yeah. I was gonna say yeah, yeah. Notre Dame is five and a half. Yeah, I I feel bad for Duke getting Notre Dame after a heartbreak loss to Ohio State. I think there's extra motivation. I say give me Notre Dame and the point. Notre Dame covers. We're good. I like Notre Dame to double it. Uh, forget about five and a half. They're gonna win it eleven plus. Notre Dame's defense is too much. They are too much. Rushing defense, passing defense, they're going to shut down Duke. Duke likes to control the clock, um, but Notre Dame can truly control the game. I like the Irish big in here in a bounce-back win. I love college game is going to be there. They're not going to be in Cameron for the first time. It's for a Duke football game, but story is the Irish. Yeah, it's Saturday night. Duke, is, Duke had that really impressive win against Dabo early in the season, and they've been riding that so far. Can they take that all the way to Saturday night and pull up an upset against Notre Dame, Sam Hartman and company? I'm taking Duke. I, I oh, think that cool. Notre Dame... I do think Notre Dame's going to win the game, but I think that Duke is going to keep it within one score for the variables that we've discussed here. And with a five-and-a-half point spread, one score, a touchdown, whatever the case may be, you got a, a missed field goal here and there. I think they could actually cover that. So I'm going to take the Dukies. And the fighting Shazeskis. Ballsy pick. Over. Let's move over to the NFL. We got Thursday night football. In uh, a, a very close, closely matched game here. You got the Lions, Green Bay's getting one and a half. What do you guys think? Bajan, go ahead and take it. We love the kitties. We're going to agree again. I hope we will burn. We know we have won in Lambeau. Now let's make it two in a row. This is a tough game to pick because not only are both teams two and one, they are combined five and one 
again with the spread. So they're both five and one against the spread combined. So you got to go one way or the other. I'm going with the kiddies. I don't think the Packers really struggle to pressure the quarterback. I think Goff will have a clean pocket. Green Bay is 27th in sacks. That'll be the deciding stat. Kitties win it 27 21. Of course, but John, and you know we're going to agree to this one. Yeah. I, I think when you look at this, a one and a half point spread is fantastic. We're getting Green Bay on the road before it's seven degrees. Mm-hmm. The Lions are the better team. Golf better than love. Our running backs are, are healthier than theirs. Receivers better. Defensive line, the, the trenches are better. I, I think the Lions will show that they're the better team, and that's going to show this week. I think Detroit covers. I think they score. I, I'll go ahead and put it out there. I'm going to go 30-17. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Really, Packers are one kick away from being one and two. Exactly. I, 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 think we, yeah, I think we show why we are the favorites in the NFC North. Love it. Love it. Me. Detroit has hurt me so, thus far this season, and I'm not sure if you guys have the better quarterback. Jordan Love has seven TDs to one interception. Jordan Goff, uh, Goff has uh, five touchdowns to two picks. I think that it's an even matchup there, and it's at Lambeau rivalry game. I'm taking Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's smart. We got a, a traveling across the pond to London. We have Jacksonville, mm. Atlanta. I know, B. John, you were excited to talk about this game earlier. So, yeah, Jaguars bounce back for sure. This is a team that has underperformed. They will put it together. It's a weird time to start. It doesn't matter what time the Falcons start. It's the same old story of high school football when they might as well be at the wishbone. Their offense, their inept offense is really exposed against the kiddies. They're going to have a Another problem with another feline this week. Jags big in this one. Falcons in trouble after this one. Yeah, I see the Jags doing what they... I, I think they saw what Detroit did. They're going to follow the same footprint. And I think the Jags back finally bounce back and uh, cover the three points at their second home field advantage. We're in, a, we're in agreement on this one. I, Bijan, I thought that you picked Atlanta to win the NFC South earlier, so... Uh, they don't need to beat the Jags to do that. Well, or the Lions. Or the Lions. They need to beat their awful division. <laughs> it sounds to me like you're doing a little bit of a U-turn on the Falcons. No. I, no, they've got enough to win that division. Oh, Lord. yeah. Ooh, that's all they've got to do. It's not. That's the only division where you win with a sub-500 record, even with Tom Brady. You called them a high school team. That, what does that say about the record? <laughs> okay, this is a really good matchup right here. Miami's coming off of that insane game. And then they they have to travel to Buffalo. Buffalo's minus two and a half at home. Bijan? This is a tr- this is becoming the best rivalry in the NFL. Last three games, 21-19 Miami, 32-29 Buffalo, and 34-31 Buffalo. That would explain why the spread is two and a half. That's about the average between these two teams. Here's the difference maker. It will be if J- Jalen Waddell suits up. He's averaging 85 yards a game receiving in the, those three last matchups, including games of 114 and 102. That includes an outing with Skyler Thompson, uh, where they only lost by three. Miami's hot. I know it's in Orchard Park. They'll be breaking tables. But I'm going to go with the fence. Fence up. Why not? Fence up. 
Give me the points. Whew. Yeah. Okay. This is the game of the week. At least for me. Buffalo definitely has the better defense. But Miami, those weapons are, it's endless. I'm going to go ahead and take a chance here. And again, it hurts me after seeing what Bajan's done in the past. But I'm going to go ahead and agree with Bajan. I'm going to take thin, thin up, not to cover, winning outright. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're going to come back to life a little bit, Miami, this week. I, I like them. I do like the Dolphins a lot. But traveling to Buffalo is not an easy task. And I think that Buffalo has a chip on their shoulder. Everybody's talking about how great Miami is and Kansas mm. City. And nobody's really showing any love to Buffalo. And you have to, come to, you have to come to Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins this game. I think that, and they're going to cover I think that if the game was in Miami, then yes, I think the Dolphins would continue to roll. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Josh Allen on this one. Last game, we have NFC South Bijan's favorite division. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Bucks at the Saints battle for first place in the NFC South. Who you got, Bijan? Someone has to be leading that division. This is the Jameis Winston Bowl. Congratulations. Bring out the crab legs. What a treat we've got for America. I'm sorry if you're in those television networks or markets, you'll be watching this game. Saints, they're almost a 3-0 ball club. They're a kick away from a 3-0 ball club, which is way over their heads. I, I think the Bucs get it back together. I think Chris Godwin is the difference here. Uh, Mike Evans will have his hands full with that uh, Lattimore matchup. That's a classic and a heavyweight bout. Give me Chris Godwin and the Bucs to do enough to win. And see, I, I guess there's still a possibility that D- Derek Carr does play, but it's a battle of the degenerate former number ones between Jameis and Baker. And as a Florida State guy, I still love me some Jameis for what he's done, for what he did for us. Yeah. And I go the other Chris. I think Chris Olave is. Oh. And I'm going to go ahead and take a chance that because Jameis can sling it. Give me the Saints covering the spread. Yeah, I think this depends on who's quarterbacking. I actually think that if Winston plays, I would take New Orleans. Is, is mm. he supposed to play right now? That's right. Reports are here that he'll Carr will miss this week, and then big decision to make in week five. But far from a medical professional. Yeah, I hate to do. I hate to pick against the Bucks, but Winston. Speaking of chips on your shoulder. You're playing against the team that you were at for five, six years, whatever it was, and he finally gets a chance to be under center. I, I, I call this too much faith in Winston. I, I don't know what this, where this pick is coming from, but I'm going to take New Orleans minus three at home. Sorry. Sorry, oh, Bucks fans. I think wow. that's a good choice, and they're going to celebrate with some crab legs afterwards. That's not fun. So that'll do it for Don't Be Nasty. And we'll see who's the nastiest next week on live stream reggae central. Um, <laughs> Prepare yourself, America. But I really wanted to make sure that we talked about this as well because this is a huge situation going on in Europe. Ryder Cup style. The only negative that I have about this is that the, the first portion of the matchups get aired at 1 30 a.m and then you have to wake up at 6 30 which i like early morning golf yeah, i love 6, it 6 30 is, is reasonable for friday and saturday 
we can watch them four ball. Bichon, was there any matchups that you were looking forward to in that? I, I love the setting. It's in Rome. It, it's one of my favorite events. Both sides are, are charged up. I don't have any particular matchups. I'm going to go to Bernie on that one. I, I celebrate the entire event, clearly pulling for the for old glory in the U.S., but this is a tremendous event and a tremendous setting. And this setting is made for match play golf, the way that the course is set up. So it should be a great golf all weekend. Even if you got to get up and have either bangers and mash or pancakes, whatever you want that early. No, I agree, man. I, I, this is one of my favorite events every other year. So it's tough because it's, it is in Europe, Rome, first time in Italy, actually. And if we're going to watch this, if you're a real golf fan, 1.30 a.m. is a little early. I guess you don't go to bed, but I plan on, I plan on making that 6.30 call pretty early, uh, yeah, which is not my standard. I like to sleep in, and I really actually don't appreciate you to uh, texting me at 7 a.m. It's a little early for me. I think there should be a, a rule, to be honest. Like in, if you're in a neighborhood, you can't have construction prior to 7 a.m., but you guys are texting, and that's maybe we need to have that. But that's for that's neither here or there. As far as what I'm looking for, USA defending champs, they're definitely the favorites, but they haven't won overseas since 1993. Mm. You could argue the top three players, but if you were going to rank all 24, all the top three are all from Team Europe with McElroy, Hovland, and Ron, oh. all hot as of late. I'd love to see a McElroy, Justin Thomas pairing. Oh, yeah. A Victor Hovland, Colin Moore, Cowell. I've got some faves, but at the end of the day, I'm going to pull for USA. I feel like we have to, and I feel like this is the time that we're going to break it. And hopefully I won't be eating crow come Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Don't yeah. sleep in or sleep on Wyndham Clark or Brian Harmon. Harmon very steady. And Wyndham Clark. His putting. It's birdie barrage for Wyndham Clark. So I'm excited about those two as well. Yeah. I Sam Burns was a little bit of a controversial pick though. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I, yeah. I, at the end of the day, Europe is... Relatively top heavy. So if, if we can get off to a great start and bring it down to those individual matches, I think that we could bring it home. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited about it again. I'll definitely be up in the morning. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great event. There's Scheffler, to me, Scheffler and Kepka are my two, my two favorite golfers at this point right now anyway. But ideally, I would love to see a rematch from the final round in Augusta where you had Rom and Kepka battling it out. Oh, rematch. Come on, baby. Give me the rematch. But also Rom Steffler would be the heavyweight battle as well. I can tell you, throw out some stats. USA has 10 in the top 20. Europe has six. As far as Ryder Cup records for the players that are not first year, 36 and 39 and 12 for Europe. 34, 22, and 13 for USA. Uh, total major wins for USA, 15, Europe, 9. Wow. I feel like we're... We're primed. We're, we're, we're definitely primed. And I, and I think with Beef and, and, and Thomas, those guys have been there. They're the energy energizer bunnies for the for USA. I would have liked to see Patrick Reed jump on so he could take on uh, McElroy again. But I think we're got a good squad. I think we got a good chance. Yeah, golf gladiators go at it outside of the Coliseum. Should be epic. Looking yeah, forward to it. I would have liked to have seen Dustin Johnson in there instead of Sam Burns, but he might I, show up in his plane. So maybe they let him. I don't know. Look, he's he's busy with Paulina. He ain't got time for this. He wanted to play. Well, yeah, I think he's gonna do fine. 
Oh, I'm, I'm sure that he's not struggling <laughs> in life, yes, but I'm saying, why Sam Burns? What has he done all season? Sam Burns. I think I'm Mr. Burns or Monty Burns every time. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. You need to have a you need to have a burn in in everything. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, that's valid. Are the Simpsons still airing new episodes? Have they ever? St- I, I don't. I feel like it's perpetual. That man, that writing staff is otherworldly, phenomenal. They're on like the thirtieth season. I don't know where we're at. No, they're they've got to be. <laughs> past that are, but are they still making new episodes i have to look that up I, I think they might be no i don't know maybe they're done i this is ignorant of me not to know what about south park is, is south park still making new episodes uh, yes fox announced on thursday i don't know about this thursday but they did announce uh, that they renewed for its 35th and 36th season taking the oh, show through okay. the 2024 2025 television season who watches the simpsons who does? I'm definitely one that does. I haven't watched an episode of The Simpsons in at least 25 years. Tremendous show. I don't yeah, watch you're it enough. Out. So you watch it, Bert? I would say that I am not an avid watcher, but I do catch it from time to time on Fox. What's happening with Bart right now? He's still the same age. He's still eight. <laughs> He's still in middle school. I, I got nothing. I, <laughs> look, man, I, I fall asleep to it. How much do you sleep, Bird? You're going to bed before the Simpsons, like an infant. (laughs) Don't mess with Bird, man. He likes to sleep. This guy, I do. And you guys were texting me way too early. (laughs) We gotta stop that. And that's gonna do it for us here at Sports Caviar. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, comment on our social media pages on anything you want us to talk about. We really appreciate you connoisseurs. Next time you order some caviar, remember your side of sports.